Welcome back to No Idea, the podcast where you have no idea what we're going to talk about and we have no idea how it's going to go. I'm your host, Jenny, and today has, oh, I am just so excited because this episode is something we've been waiting for a long time. It is with me and my friend, Sierra. How long have we been friends, Sierra? Um, three years Three now? years? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, That's so wild. sweet. <laughs> um... I'm just so excited you're on this podcast. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. We have notes right in front of us, but this is just a conversation that I love having with you that we've had multiple times. Yeah. We talk about all the time, really. But um, Sierra, go ahead. Introduce yourself to the people. Yeah. So I'm Sierra. I am 22 years old, almost 23. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just graduated from college with a degree in Bible and theology. And um, just a fun fact about me is I'm really passionate about conserving the earth, yes. saving the earth, yes. and the polar bears. Mm. So And the polar yeah. bears. <laughs> I think that um, my freshman year of college, one of the first facts I learned about you was that you would, you would call your family like once a month and be crying about polar bears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you're like, you know, the icebergs are melting. <laughs> I just care so much. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'm glad you settled on that. Thank Fun you. fact. Um, our topic today is a regular conversation that we have. I feel like our conversations don't stay surface level for long. We usually go into the deep stuff right Right away. into it. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty normal of us. So yeah. we're talking about the concept of purity culture, but more specifically in that modesty within purity culture. And what the heck is that about? So, Sierra, why are you so passionate about this topic? I believe that I'm passionate about this topic because every woman I've encountered in the church world or has left the church world has been hurt by this topic Mm. and just left really confused. And I think the church gets it wrong a lot. So I like talking about it and bringing it forward. It's different when you're on the other side of how you grew up. Let's say you are 18, you move out of your parents' house, you go to wherever, a job, college, new friends, new circle, new environment. And you realize, some of the things I grew up with were wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Or, I don't think that's right. And that's really what this topic is, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, we're going to just quickly define purity culture. We're going to say, it's a very broad, big topic. Um, so we will try our best and a great podcast about this. And she talks a lot about the topics we'll be talking about today and so much more. And we've learned a lot from her, um, is Kat Harris and she has a podcast called the refined collective. So go ahead and look that up on Spotify. If you're listening to this right now, just bookmark that for the next episode after this. Okay. We've learned a lot from her and she just recently wrote a book that is currently in the mail coming my way that I ordered off Amazon. That's right. Ah! Woo! It's called Sexless in the City. Not Sex in the City, but Sexless in the City. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited to read that book. So I'll give you my review later. But um, such a good podcast. And she talks a lot about this more in depth that we're going to now. So go ahead and listen to her. So how would we define purity culture? So we would say that purity culture is a culture that is created within the church when the church is not doing a great job at talking about sex openly 
and honestly through a godly perspective. And some byproducts of that would be like treating sexual sin as greater than any other sin. Yeah, or idolizing it would yeah. be another way to put it. Or refusing to talk about it so everyone like knows it's there. Yeah. But it's hush hush and so <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm feeling turned on. I got to suppress it because ah, there's no space for that Yeah, or to talk about it in the church. Mm-hmm. So those are some byproducts of it. Another byproduct of purity culture could be um, thinking that virginity is like optimal. And if you are not a virgin, you really truly can't recover from that in Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the example. I know that this has happened in churches this is, has been an illustration that people have used. I think you mentioned it like a piece of gum that you chew it up, you spit it out, and you don't want to chew it again. Yeah. We've Some, also heard yeah. it as like a crumpled up flower. Yeah. Like you can't, like you can't get it back. it back, which is really not true. <laughs> like, yes, your actions have consequences, and sin is sin if it's something sexually immoral, but... Christ literally came for that Mm -hmm. and came to make you clean. So that's just overall view of purity culture. Today we will specifically be talking about the aspect of modesty within that. So an unhealthy view of modesty that we've kind of created in the church and just some of our experiences with that. And hopefully today this podcast will set you free in some ways. (laughs) So some sayings that we throw around in Christian culture regarding modesty Some of these make me want to gag. They're so gross. (laughs) Yeah, but we hear them, and some listeners out there will be like, yep, I was told that all my life, or yeah, I heard Mm -hmm. that around the church. But one is, modest is hottest. Uh, Boys will be boys. Um, Cover your treasures. I had a teacher who told me that. It was a little weird. (laughs) Uh, Fingertip length for your shorts and skirts. Yes. Um, Don't make your brothers stumble. Yeah. And last but not least, the worst of them all. so bad. (laughs) Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? That one literally makes me sick. It's so <laughs> gross. It's just implying, like, you know, a boy will not commit to you if you're just sleeping around with him because he can get sex with without committing to you for marriage. It's kind of referring people to cows. It's not a good saying. No. Not good. We're, not gonna, we're just going to throw that one away. Yeah. But... I don't know if this situation is kind of relatable to any Christian women out there, but let's say you're at home and some friends want to go to the swimming pool. Well, guess what? You put on your favorite bathing suit, happens to be your new bikini. So you go to the swimming pool and you have a blast with your girl and guy friends. And then you go to church camp. All of a sudden you feel kind of weird and you're like, oh, can I, is that okay if I, that's like my favorite swimsuit, but maybe that's not okay here. I don't know. Well, am I going to cause my brother to stumble? And you just second guess yourself all the time. You're like, okay, maybe I should wear not just a one piece, but a one piece with shorts, just in case. (laughs) That's a scenario that comes across all the time. And there's just a lot of judgment and shame that can be tied to that. So the problem with the modesty talk is that it's all focused on how women dress and act. And the blame really comes onto them like the men don't really hear the same talks that we do it's like suddenly these doubts pop in her head like oh am i being a stumbling block if i show my stomach and the the problem with that like train of thought is that 
it's all on the girl and how she dresses. It's kind of not giving any accountability to the guy and it's putting someone else's sin, the blame of someone else's sin, if they do say stumble in some way, completely on the woman. Yeah. And it's just, they're not talking to men and women the same. Yeah. We're not talking about purity of heart. We're talking about rules of how to dress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then there's this, even this difference between like how I interact with my church friends versus mm -hmm. how I interact with my friends going out. And so in this scenario, like our friend was so comfortable going out with her guy and girlfriends until she went to the church setting and was uh, all this shame and judgment like came on her, Mm -hmm. like because of purity culture. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. And the thing is that purity culture's rules don't help anyone work through heart issues. It really only deals with the exterior. Yeah. And the message that it's saying to a woman is like, my body causes men to sin. My body is bad. Men can't control themselves, so I need to cover up so I can save men from the deadly temptation that is my body. <laughs> Those are the messages coming through. Yeah. It's crazy. So I have a personal story of modesty and purity culture recently go ahead tell us within the last like two years um there was just a situation where I was living overseas and encountering some issues with men being inappropriate and so I went to my group at the time which were all other believers and was like hey I'm struggling with this thinking I'd be met with we'll support you we'll walk with you we'll like be aware and protect you but Instead, I got pushed into the middle and asked, what are you doing that's causing this? And then everyone in the circle had to go around and list what they thought I was doing. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that just shows, like, in my leader's hearts, there must have been something that I, the woman, was doing. It mm-hmm. couldn't have been that the local men were inappropriate and had things in their own hearts. It had to be something that I was doing. Oh, my word. Yeah. That's horrible. I had another encounter that I think I was like 14 or 15 when this happened. So I didn't have the language to express this. I didn't really know much about this topic. But I remember that I was in a small group at church. And in the news, in the local news recently, there had been a rape. A girl had gotten raped just um, around town very close. So in our small group, the person who was leading it, they said, okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that news story that happened. Whose fault was it? Whose fault do you think it was? Was it the girls who dressed immodestly and she was asking for it? Or was it the guys who raped her? And so I didn't know anything at the time. I was just like, I don't know. Maybe it was both because she dressed modestly and then he stumbled and assaulted her. I just had no idea. Yeah. And my thinking at the time didn't give any really accountability to the man. Yeah. Like whatsoever. So. And it. Purity culture really comes in when we're younger and we're still like learning our yeah. identity. So now you're so then we take on exactly yeah. so vulnerable. <laughs> so we take on the sin that like wasn't ours, mm-hmm. but then we grow like we continue growing up. Like I have to be in control of my actions and somebody else's actions. Mm-hmm. 
and it's so Not twisted good. and <laughs> it's horrible. So it can come in big ways like that news story, but it can also come in like little ways. Yeah. I love the story you're going to share. <laughs> so this one's a little funny. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so my freshman year, um, we have a shared laundry space on campus. And so we'd all go to this space to do our laundry. And one day on one of our like ladies only Facebook groups, somebody came on and was like, you girls need to put your bras away when they're drying because my husband's going to walk in and see your bras and that's going to cause him to sin. And I remember just thinking, why is this my fault? (laughs) (laughs) My bras need to dry. (laughs) That is so funny. I was glad to see everybody else was just as confused as I, so Mm -hmm. we could still hang up our bras, but it was wild. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. (laughs) So silly. (laughs) Uh, It's actually really demeaning to say, like, it is my job to keep men from sexual sin because men just can't control themselves. Like, that's kind of putting men on this this lower scale that's like, you know... They're just meatheads. You know, like, they they can't help it. Yeah. That's just how they're built. But that's not how they're built. We are all accountable for our own actions like we all have free will yeah so just in case you have heard us say the wrong thing if you have heard us say okay women can wear whatever they want whenever they want and all the blame is on men just control yourself i can walk around half naked it's not my problem that is not what we're saying Mm -hmm. what we are saying is that these are all heart issues how you dress probably flows from your heart how you act probably flows from your heart. If it's any sin of any kind, any sexual sin of any kind, probably flows from your heart. Mm-hmm. So we just want to take the blame com- off of women completely because that's not fully yours to carry whatsoever. And every person is accountable to their own actions. Just want to say that. Yeah. And so we're going to get into the good part, which is Jesus's perspective. And... We can think, like, if this is such a big deal in the church, it must be a huge deal to God, right? Not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly. Yeah. Jesus spoke out against things like lust and sexual immorality, adultery, and impurity. Of all types. Yeah. (laughs) He never told people exactly what to wear or not wear. So that part is a secondary issue really it doesn't matter as much as we think it does because jesus was always looking at the heart because if he did tell us exactly how to dress we would do it because we love jesus Mm -hmm. but he didn't he left it pretty open and mostly talked about our insides our heart (laughs) and our organs (laughs) he loves that liver You're right, you're right. So we see examples of this even dating back in the Old Testament because when Samuel went to Jesse's house, he was saying, like, the Lord has anointed a king from this set of brothers. A lot of strong, tall, handsome brothers here. And then David isn't even brought out. David is very small and he looks after the sheep. Not very highly looked at. And so Jesse finally brings David out. And Samuel's like, this must be the king to one of his older brothers. Because he's like, he's tall, strong, handsome. He could be a warrior for the Israelites. But the Lord says, like, 
Let's not look at the outward appearance because the Lord looks at the heart. And so he's like, oh, this isn't the anointed one. But David, the smallest sheep herder, (laughs) is the one who was anointed king. And so God was like, the outside is not important to me. It is all in the heart. He could see what was in David's heart in the first place. Yeah. And then in the New Testament, we see the Pharisees. And by Old Testament writings, they were dressing the part. They looked exactly as they were supposed to on the outside. But... Jesus saw the inside and that it was not, it was not pretty. It was not honoring to God Mm -hmm. and their whitewashed tombs. There was nothing inside of them that had value. Right. Yeah. They did everything for show. Oh yeah. Everything to get attention. Mm -hmm. And it was all in the name of religion, which sickened Jesus. (laughs) So if you're wondering, so if you're saying that he doesn't say exactly how to dress, but it's all about the heart. How the heck am I supposed to dress? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to know because I got to get dressed in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so we just want to say that he looks at the heart. What is in your heart? Your intentions. So let's say you're getting ready to go to a party and you're like, oh, well, that cute boy's going to be there. So you make yourself look nice. You put on a nice dress and you're like, wow, I feel really great about myself and I feel beautiful. So you go to the party. But if you wear a very low-cut dress, it's like showing half your butt. You're like, now I'm really going to get his attention. It's kind of two different scenarios here. Mm -hmm. It's like seeking attention in a provocative way. And then it's the other scenario, which is just feeling good about yourself. And then going out in confidence in who you're made to be. Yeah. What's another example of that, would you say, Sierra? (laughs) Well... I mean, why are you hanging up your bra in the laundry room? Are you <laughs> yeah. hanging it up for men to see? Or are you hanging it because it needs to dry? <laughs> <laughs> are you really not thinking about yeah. that? You just need a clean <laughs> bra <laughs> for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, if you're wearing a swimsuit that's a two-piece, very low-cut kind of showing things, are you wearing that because you really like the attention that you get when you go to the beach? Or... Are you posting it online because you really like when guys comment and say that you look really good? Or are you wearing it because you're like, I just feel good in this and I'm going to go tanning so I'm not going to wear a one piece. I don't want my stomach to look white as snow. You know, so we just think in our heads, like, what is your true intention and get to the bottom of that? Mm -hmm. And that's where we break through the rules of purity culture and we deal with heart issues. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lord's not going to leave you hanging either if you're going to him like, I want to honor you, mm-hmm. praying on it, think, figuring it out. Like, there's a space for that. Yeah. With him. Yeah. Yes. It's just such an important thing that we don't talk about enough within the church. So yeah. we're so glad we got to share this. Sierra, do you have any, like, final encouragements for anyone listening, what you would say to them? Yeah. So if you've been told the horrible things we heard earlier, I'm sorry. <laughs> And I know that there's people, like, out there who want to speak life and encouragement to you. I know Jesus wants to speak life and encouragement to you. Because those aren't, the, that's not the truth. Like, mm-hmm. you're not a crumpled flower. You're right. You're so beautiful and wonderful and amazing. And he loves all the little things about you. And so, yeah, like, the whole topic of modesty goes back to our hearts. And the Lord loves working on our hearts. Mm-hmm. So, there's That's so good. Yeah. So good. We can also, I would say, notice when we start to live by 
the rules only and not overflowing out of a heart of love because we tend to grow bitter Mm. at the rules. We either rebel against the rules, like, you can't define me. Who are you (laughs) to tell me what I can wear and can't wear? Or you get super, you follow the rules, but you get super angry at those who are not following the rules. And there's Mm. like automatic judgment and shame that you want to heap towards them or you think about them. Like, I cannot believe that Betsy does not have a fingertip length skirt. What are you kidding me? I lost all respect for her, you know? Yeah. So we can feel those thoughts in our heads as they start to come up. That's probably an indicator. I think I'm living out of religion instead of relationship with Jesus. Mm. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today, Sierra, because this is so crucial. And we talk about this stuff all the time. So I'm just (laughs) glad we got to record it this time. Yeah. (laughs) And share with the world. But... I think that's it. Do you have anything else to say? Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Sweet I'm just blessings. so grateful. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, really. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been No Idea Podcast talking about purity culture, but specifically modesty. Is modest really hottest? <laughs> this is Jenny and Sierra signing off. See you around. Bye.